Well, good morning and welcome to the Hills Church at Home. Hey, it is a perfect time to yell throughout the house, tell everybody to get up or wherever you're watching uh, to grab your Bibles. You can also download our notes from the website, our message notes, and our kids' activity sheet. And if you didn't get a chance to, you can do it after the message. You can go on uh, our YouTube channel, The Hills Church Arcadia, and listen to a few songs on our worship playlist. We usually do that uh, every Sunday morning right before we come on as well. So we're going to be in James chapter 4 today. My title is Being Lifted Up. And let's pray before we get started. I wanted just to read out of Psalm 150 at the end, and it reminds us, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. You and I have breath today. We woke up. God's not done with us. We have another day to allow his life to flow through us and throughout wherever we go. So Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather. Lord, uh, I pray for all of us today that we would listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We put aside all of the distractions throughout the week and maybe even this morning so that we can take some time to tune in and to listen to your word. Your word, in fact, the book of Psalms lets us know your word is settled forever in heaven. And these words today are life to those who find it and health to their flesh. And we bless you in Jesus' name, amen. So James chapter four, we've been uh, in the book of James the last several weeks. James is the half-brother of Jesus. You would never know that in reading his five chapters. That will kind of lead into what we're going to talk about today, being lifted up, really, as we begin to look at in this verse, is that humbleness before the Lord. We see that in James, that humble attitude. But James was very direct in the things that he said his probably one of the themes of this uh, book in chapter five is he's gonna encourage the believers in Jesus to be people that pray and how to live out this Christian life. So again, he's gonna come across humble, but he's gonna come across very, very direct. So let me read the three verses that I wanna look at today. James chapter four, verses seven through 10, and it says this, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Let me read the last part of that verse again before we go on. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. 
You know, I was thinking about when I read this verse, I always remember this story. When when I used to direct youth camps uh, in North Carolina at Camp Courtney, we would do uh, our winter retreats because of the weather out there were usually in October. And one of the speakers that I had invited to come was the national youth pastor for the Foursquare Churches in Canada. His name's Terry Jansen. And so Terry came to speak that weekend. And I, re- I remember Friday night was we would just introduce Terry and Terry would speak a couple times on Saturday. Well, Saturday after breakfast, this is gonna be our, our main uh, service in the morning, we can't find Terry. And worship is going on, you know, and I think it was probably the last time we can't find Terry. Terry was found in the dining hall sweeping up after the kids had breakfast. So here's the national youth leader, right? Youth pastor of Canada. He's getting ready to speak to these kids and he's sweeping in the, in the dining hall cleaning up, at, you know, messy teenagers. You know, that really spoke volumes because nobody asked him to do it. He just saw a need and listening to him speak and minister there was such a strength and a power about his ministry. And you know what it had to do? It had to do with his humility before the Lord. He wasn't sweeping the dining hall to impress anybody that day at the campground, to impress any uh, teenager so that they would listen a little bit more intently. He was doing that because his heart was to serve the Lord. We also have a good pastor friend that pastors outside the Nashville area. And as he was years ago writing a book, the title of his book was Humble Yourselves Under the Mighty Hand of God. And the Christian publisher came back and told him, you need to remove the words, humble yourself. Christians don't buy books that say humility or being humble in the title. Title of his book ended up being The Mighty Hand of God. So when we read about humility, even in our day and age of social media, remember, social media primarily is about self-promotion or promotion of something. I'm promoting what I'm doing this, or I'm promoting that self-promotion, where I am, what I'm doing. And the, the kingdom of God is about humility before the Lord first and foremost. In fact, we read in that verse, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You know, Jesus said in John 15, five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Listen to this. For without me, you can do nothing. Here's what he's saying. The vine and the branch, apart from me, disconnected, you can do nothing. Apart from the wisdom of God, we can't make the decisions to lead for the best results in our lives that the Lord sees and has for us. Jesus, we'll see at the end, Jesus humbled himself before 
his father. And James is letting us know today, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Let's read that verse again. James chapter four, verse seven through 10. Now listen to this. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, James will talk about that whole double-minded thinking two different ways. And he uses this very odd next sentence where he says, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. You know, you can't, he's, here's what he's saying. You can't have both. You can't be double-minded. You can't be self-promoting and humble at the same time. You have to start with humility before the Lord. That's why he ends that one part with, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. But isn't it interesting the first part of the verse, he begins to let us know this, as you submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Even when Satan fell and took a third of the angels, his heart and his outlook never changed from God. He will always for eternity be the enemy of God and he takes it out on God's people, throws out temptation. And yet here's a key that James gives us as believers when he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you remember in Jesus's, before the ministry of Jesus started, he's in the wilderness being tested and tempted by the devil. And at the end, because the devil did not win, he left him. In fact, the Bible says for a more opportune time, Jesus resisted the devil. In fact, here's the promise. When you resist the devil, he will flee. You know, Peter tags on maybe a little bit to this as well, too, where he says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Peter is saying, hey, church, hey, believers, Christians, be on alert. You need to be awake. In fact, let me give you a picture to let you understand what the devil's trying to do. He's loud. He's roaring, right? He wants to let you know that this is his territory. Well, we come back to this isn't his territory. This is the territory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know this. Many times it was the old, weak lion that would roar loud, loud to try to chase off the younger ones. James says, submit yourselves to God in that heart submission, that life submission, and then resist the devil and he will flee. But you have to have that heart submitted to the Lord. You have to have that strength that's rooted and grounded in the Lord, in his word to resist those temptations. And the Bible lets us know that he will flee. 
You know, one of the famous pastors, Jonathan Edwards, said this, Nothing sets a person so much out of the devil's reach as humility. Humble people will know the power of God. Submit yourselves to God. Notice what he says there. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. In the sight of the Lord. Isn't it interesting to think that an independent spirit is at war with godly humility? Here's how we have to live. That we're living openly, number one, in the sight of the Lord. I can't see him looking at me. But I know according to the scriptures that he is watching over my life. And so I will actively and I will live out humility in the sight of the Lord, not self-promoting humility, but I will do it as unto the Lord. If he's the only one that sees, then that's all that ever matters. Again, it's Terry sweeping in the dining hall when nobody else sees as doing it unto the Lord. You know, over the, the years in pastoring and, and being in ministry, um, because that's my frame of reference and working with Christian leaders and other pastors and speakers, we've had the opportunity sometime to watch the other part of non-humility, and you can instantly spot it. We'd had a gentleman come and speak at our church years and years ago, and he recommended somebody, and um, this person and I had talked to one another, and then this is back when we had fax machines. Through the fax machine came the list of things that this person would need to come and minister at our church. And I remember as I read through it, it had nothing to do with the people of the church, the community that was there. It was all the needs that they wanted to have fulfilled. I remember before the whole organic phase hit, they were listing all of these organic, organic, saltless peanuts. And I'm thinking, who's going to eat organic, saltless peanuts right before you go and speak and minister? But immediately you can spot somebody that's self-promoting and somebody that's being humble before the Lord. You know, in the last couple years at our church, uh, we had somebody come and spoke two different times. And the amazing humility and them not asking for anything and yet I could easily say their name today and have you look up their ministry and you'd be blown away how they've been used by the Lord completely around the world, but they came in an act of humility. They weren't coming because of something. They were coming because of God's people. And you know, the Lord has a way of keeping us all humble sometimes. When I used to travel and speak at certain camps, uh, and again, as you would travel and go, typically, and most people knew that you were coming and you weren't bringing all of your bedding and sleeping items, they would take care of that for you. And I remember traveling 
by myself one time to speak at a particular camp, and I won't say the camp's name, but it happened to be a very cold time of year. And as I arrived at the airport, there was nobody to pick me up. The guy was late. I think I waited outside for about an hour, and it was cold. And Then we got something to drink, and the guy apologized over and over for being late. And when we finally got to the camp, I ended up staying in a dorm room that they were, it was under construction. And I didn't bring any bedding. You know, I traveled for a few hours by plane. And I remember talking to the camp manager and saying, I don't, I don't travel with any bedding. And the only thing they had was they had a kid sleeping. It was a Barbie sleeping bag. I still remember that. It only came up to about my chest. They found me a pillow. And then the bathroom that I had to use, there was no hot water. And it was just one of those situations, even leaving that camp, I had to go find the guy to wake him up to get me to the airport at five in the morning. Sometimes you just laugh because it's God's way of just reminding you, you need to stay humble before him. That's all that matters. Stay humble before him. I heard uh, one last story. I heard another pastor tell a story he had taken a speaker out from their church and here's the order of the drink that he ordered at this restaurant. He said, I'd like an iced tea. I'd like a glass of water with no ice. I'd like a glass of water with three ice cubes and then I'd like a glass filled with lemon slices. Think about it. iced tea, glass of water with ice, glass of water with three ice cubes, glass of lemon slices. Well, this pastor asked him and said, man, that, that's kind of a pretty crazy order. He says, oh, you know, I just do this to see if they'll do it. Wow. Right? Somebody that's, you know, has ministered to a congregation. I'm just going to order this to see if they'll do it. Well, you know, Frank Sinatra had that famous saying, I did it my way. We've got to get off the self-promotion. We've got to get back to the humility of the Lord, right? That we're his servant first. And we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift us up. You will never get out-promoted by a human being. You can't get the best promotion by a human being. The promotion that comes with God is the one that matters the most. In fact, we read this in Psalm, God is the God of promotion. He sets one up and he sets one down. He is the God of promotion. When I humble myself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift me up. I don't have to be concerned about others promoting me. I'm doing this in the sight of the Lord, the God that sees. Do you remember Jesus even said, hey, when you go and pray, don't be like the fair, don't go out on the corner and pray aloud. In fact, he says, go in your room and go in the closet and pray. And the God that sees, he will reward you openly. Allow that humility to be something as James talks about, to be the essence of your life because the Lord will promote you and lift you up.
Listen to these verses. Matthew chapter 18, verse 4, some of Jesus' words. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is greatest in the kingdom. Whoever humbles himself, I can just see Jesus pointing out a child, will be greatest in the kingdom. Jesus goes on later in Matthew 23, 12, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. But whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Think about that. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. See, we lived this Christian life, this life here on earth, before the Lord and in his sight, humbly before him, and he will lift you up. He is the God of promotion. Humble people are thankful people before the Lord. You know, our greatest example to follow, and this is no secret or surprise, in humility is the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, we read this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. And it starts with this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Let this, let this way of thinking, let your way of thinking and reasoning uh, be just like Jesus. And listen to what it says. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. You know, if I just took a moment and thought about before Jesus stepped out of heaven to come to earth, to come in the, the, the form of a baby, to be born of Virgin Mary, to live life among people, stepped out of heaven, the place that we only read little excerpts about, we don't know all of the magnificent and all of the things that are planned, but he stepped out and came down and was limited in a body like you and I have. And he made himself of no reputation. Many of the times when Jesus would do a healing, he would tell people and don't tell anybody, partly because 
he had this only this window of time to fulfill everything the father needed him to fulfill. These scriptures needed to be fulfilled. He wasn't self-promoting. At the And when we read about Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, the picture we have of Jesus isn't him getting celebrated. It was him weeping over Jerusalem. He, he was found in our appearance, but he became somebody of no reputation. Jesus of Nazareth, where people would say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He made himself of no reputation. But it says, therefore, God highly exalted him and gave him a name, a name that is common, right? But a name that is above now every name, that at that name, every knee will bow, heaven, earth, and under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, whether here on earth or in those ages to come, everyone will confess, but he emptied himself, he humbled himself, he had no reputation. He submitted himself to be crucified on a cross and to die for us all in that humility. But as he was raised from the dead, he was given a name, a name that those the early church would use and that they would be forbidden to use. But just reciting the name, Peter and John said, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I have, here's what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. There was power just in that name. And there's power in that name when we speak it ourselves. See, humility isn't something new. Humility was what Jesus modeled. And it's something that we can follow. And as James said this, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and you will be lifted up. You know, as we do each week, and I think it's so important that on every opportunity that we have to come and you listen, that we give people an opportunity to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Jesus said he was and is the resurrection and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess Jesus... If you confess him with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So if you've never prayed that prayer before or you have been running from God and this is your opportunity to run back to him, would you pray this prayer with me today and believe it as Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, believe it in your heart as you begin to speak it wherever you are. Ready? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you in Jesus' name. Amen. The most important decision and prayer that you will ever make 
is that Jesus would be your Lord. But we would love to connect with you, and we would just ask if you would email us at info at hillschurcharcadia.org. One, to thank God with you, but two, to connect you with some resources because this is the first day of the rest of your life, walking out your life with the Lord. And as we do, as we take an opportunity in our giving, our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this verse out of Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. That's not in Deuteronomy. I have the wrong reference down. Right. So we'll correct that reference. That actually is the Apostle Paul. So, oh, so I do have my first little oops here on, on live stream. All right. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Everything that we have and has been given to us and will be given to us, if you can look at it, has been supplied to us by our Father God. And these are those opportunities that we get to bring back to him what is his. So would you pray along with me uh, this verse? Would you pray it from your heart? And would you allow God to begin to move on your behalf through your giving? Pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I rejoice as I bring to the Lord the first fruits of my income and my increase. I worship the Lord with a grateful heart. He has provided faithfully for me in my house. I will give willingly and cheerfully. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving uh, even today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the Give button. It's fast, secure, safe. But you can also mail in your tithe and offering. Our address, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419. That's Arcadia, California, 91066. We also want to invite you every Wednesday night. We have a Wednesday night gathering with communion by Zoom. If you don't get our email, you can email us to get on our list, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. We'd love to see your face Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Also, stay tuned. We're in kind of the final weeks or so of renovations that we've been doing at the church campus. And so we're planning actually an open house uh, for uh, people to come and, and just see what, what we've been able to do. I think it'll be a blessing uh, to you. And as always, we look forward to seeing you again uh, next week. If you've been watching this, you've been catching up, you can go back on uh, Facebook Live or on YouTube, follow all the different messages since we've been doing this since March 22nd. But as we always do each and every week, we end and we want to make that declaration, Psalm 121, 1 and 2, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from?
My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day and have a great week.